Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scripture Union Northern Ireland podcast. I'm your host Phil Howe, the Training and Resources Manager for SUNI. We hope that this podcast equips and resources the local church in our joint mission of making God's good news known to children, young people and families. In this month's episode we want to talk about the importance of prayer, specifically for schools. Our E3 Antrim and Lisbon worker Joel Hutchinson will be sharing his Bible reflection and we'll be hearing all things SU from longtime staff member Jonathan Parks. So let's get right to it. Uh, Anita and Rachel, thanks so much for being on the podcast. No problem. Anita, for people new to this podcast or by way of reminder, can you tell people what you do within SU? Yeah, Phil, my title is School Support Coordinator. I am first and foremost a schools worker in the SEN, Special Educational Needs Sector. And part of the way that I encourage support for schools is by helping volunteers and equipping them to go out into schools, but also to encourage churches and individuals to pray for schools. Uh, and Rachel, you've done the, the Bible reflection before on the podcast, but this is the first time chatting in the incredible bin-filled 157 Ridge Road studio, is that correct? It's nice, yes, fancy. It's, uh, it's fancy. What is your role? I am one of the skills team. I'm the E3 skills worker in Balamina. And we're going to be thinking about prayer, and Anita, I'm going to start with you. As Christians, we know that, that prayer is important, and of course that's no different with skills ministry. Uh, you've been involved in an initiative called Pray for Skills, and it's, I mean, that sounds simple enough uh, to pray for schools but can you tell us a bit more about that? There was a peripatetic music teacher called Michael Phillip working in Glasgow and he saw the the power of prayer in school at first hand. One of the schools he was working for had an enormous vandalism problem and the children in the SU decided to pray about it. The vandalism stopped almost straight away and this guy felt that if prayer had this effect in one school it could have similar effects in other schools in Glasgow and that was the start of the school's prayer network. Uh, The school's prayer network began to expand and then networks grew as prayer groups of churches and parents and teachers registered. So Pray for Schools has grown out of the school's prayer network. In England and Wales it's a partnership between CARE and various church and uh, organisations. SU Scotland has developed prayer for schools in Scotland. And in Northern Ireland, there's no, currently there's no regional prayer for schools, an organisation for us to sign up to. But the network of Christian organisations active in schools ministry share the prayer for schools vision. That's our heart to see every school become a prayed for school. Amen. Scripture Union's committed to develop prayer support for pupils, staff, school communities across Northern Ireland. One of the ways we do this is by providing annually an SU prayer guide so that the 250 plus SU groups are supported by prayer. And what a vision to see every school a prayed for school. I just think that's that's brilliant. Uh, Rachel, moving on to you, how can people be more effective in praying for schools? So uh, maybe you want to share some of the stories of how you've seen God and prayer throughout your years involved in this ministry? There's lots of different things that they can do. One I think that's really important is be specific. So maybe for you where you live there are schools close to your home, maybe you have family members who are pupils or teachers in school, so asking them you know what's going on, what can we be praying for for you. Even I think going on to, loads of schools have websites now or Facebook pages, Mm. finding out there's things, even knowing staff members praying by name. As well for us as E3 schools workers, like we have monthly prayer points that we send out, so sign up to that and you can begin to pray for them too. I think the other thing is being consistent. I've been really inspired since being in Balamina. There's a group um, in Brasheen who meet every Monday and I've met long before I was even in the job. 
job and they just pray consistently Amazing. for that hour, hour and a half on a Monday for the schools, for pupils, by teachers and um, by name. And so it's maybe if that helps you that you've got a group that you um, go along to or be a part of or set aside a specific day or time to do that as well. I think sometimes there's even seasonal stuff. So when it comes to particularly the summer and it's lots of exams with GCSEs and A-levels, yeah, yeah, yeah. getting timetables, you know, finding out what are the young people um, in your church, what are they, they doing so that you can pray during those times too. Or even September is a great time maybe for your whole church to be inspired in that with a like a back to school with God service um, and using that as kind of a, a launch to it. Uh, I think another great thing is keeping an eye out and an ear out for the news. So there's things that impact education, even at a high level, that you can be praying for that will filter down and impact your local schools too. And Rachel, you mentioned there about people being able to sign up for monthly prayer points. How, how do people go about doing that if they're listening and they're interested? Yeah, you can, if you've got an E3 worker, contact them. So um, you can go onto our website and find out their details and they'll be able to sign you up for that or send them a text, give them a call. But we've also got one um, a national level monthly prayer focus, so a great thing to sign up for too. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, and what about the, the answers to prayer that you've seen? Seen some incredible answers. I think one of the biggest things for me, I've been in Balamina for 10 years and just seeing over that time from the very beginning and starting the project, just incredible growth. So growth in opportunities in school. There have been some maybe where the door has been shut or we just haven't had relationships to be going into. Um, but we've been praying for that and I've asked people specifically by name and then doors have just opened in incredible ways and just provided opportunities or there's been changes in staff and it's been a, a timing thing and we've seen God in that. I think even at times for finance, so for us in the local area, we're relying on the generosity of individuals and mm. churches. At times there's been challenges with that and you're looking at how do we make this money for the district or raise it. And so we've prayed and I think there was one night we were sitting as DST praying about that. What's DST again? DST is our district support team, so just mm. local individuals who have a heart and a passion and are involved in education, so feeding into that. And we were just praying together and then the next day, Day, I got an email to say that check quite a big amount had arrived in with Ian so just to see that has been phenomenal as well I think on an individual level you see people's lives changed and impacted I've seen young people and children becoming Christians through that through things that we've run and that is because of prayer I've seen volunteers growing in that and church teams and some of them have shared we would not be doing this and we you know we're shy people or we're, we're quiet people but actually you see them stand in the classroom and there's a confidence and a boldness and they shared with me we know that is because people are praying for us as we're in school um, and they see the power and the reality of that I think I've seen young people even just changing outwardly as you pray for them and just see God moving that he's doing stuff in their heart but actually it changes physical appearance you can see joy on people's faces too I think prayer has even led for divine appointments with me for example there was a day I was really busy and this was maybe probably a few years into um, starting I had an office in a school in Bali so was literally was running in I had busy had a big massive to-do list but at that time just a pupil made a beeline towards me and the previous day I had shared an assembly just I think I can't even remember I think it was Psalm 139 she came running towards me and she said do you have a few minutes she said like I've been thinking about what you said since <laughs> yesterday and she said like where can I read that where can I find that and I'm going that is the power of prayer yeah yeah, yeah. 
Thank you for sharing. Uh, Anita, what about for you? How can people be more effective in praying for schools? I suppose I was thinking, you know, what do I do if my local school is vandalised? Or what do you do if you hear about one of the teachers or pupils suffering from cancer? Or if you hear that death is has hit the school community? Or new education policies, as Rachel was saying, are being implemented? There's no limit to the situations being experienced in the life of a school community throughout a year. But Equally, we have a God and there's no limit to him and to his power, his love, his presence. Mm. So the best response, or maybe the most effective way, is to bring the people, the person, the community, the need to God in prayer, to leave it in his hands and to trust him to intervene and to be at work for everyone's good, for his glory. I know that in my head, but in practice it's it's an ongoing challenge. <laughs> and for us, as Rachel was saying, I don't think there's any limit to who, what, when, where. We pray for schools, pray specifically for particular individuals or schools or situations, or we can pray generally. And you and I can send up a prayer doubt as we pass a school. Sometimes I do that if I'm sitting waiting at traffic lights and thinking of a school. Or if you see pupils or find yourself thinking about a particular situation or you can make time regularly and focus on praying for schools and you can do it at home at the school itself or wherever's uh, easiest and there are lots of good resources to mobilize christians to pray for schools check out our website and we have lots of ideas and as well as links to other websites such as pray for schools so no limit when you bring prayers to god Thank you so much. What are the spiritual challenges that schools face? I suppose for me, I find that question really hard, Phil. You'll laugh, but I think whether we're in school as a pupil, as a member of staff, whether we're a parent or a grandparent or somebody who just cares about schools, we need to be praying that all the children of God who are part of school's community are living without fault and that they're shining like stars in the sky, and that they hold firmly to the word of life. It's a big prayer, but we have a big God, and I think we need to pray in a big way for our our kids, but for all the adults who are part of schools' communities. And I think it's really challenging as well, because I think sometimes we focus so much on culture and the things that mm-hmm. change when the reality That's is we true. should probably start with the things that don't change mm-hmm. uh, which is God and his word uh, and Jesus who's the same yesterday today and forever so uh, thank you for sharing that I really appreciate that what about you Rachel what, what have you seen are the, the spiritual challenges that schools face I think sometimes when I'm talking to teachers and you're talking to pupils it's busyness um, there's so <laughs> much to do there's so many things um, and it seems to kind of increase and sometimes we can get so focused on the stuff that we're doing rather than maybe the opportunities or the place of influence that God has put us in I think even sometimes it's great we have so many Christians in school which is fantastic and for some school communities that's incredible but maybe sometimes there's a safety in numbers we can get a little bit comfortable or a little yeah. bit you know this is easier um, actually it's the cool thing it's yeah. the, the holy huddle uh, yes yeah. and so to be challenged to, to kind of reach out and then on the other side of that for some Christians in schools they are maybe the only one in their class the only one in their year and so it's a challenge to be bold particularly when you feel that um, you are alone and I think that's what I love the beauty of SU and what we try to do um, at different times whether that's trying to connect Christian teachers together so that they know that they're not alone or even Christian young people through the events and things that we do. I think it's a real investment isn't it? Mm. Praying for even one pupil because you never know how God's going to answer that prayer beyond your asking, beyond your imagination. 
but trying to, to persevere and mm-hmm. commit to that, which is seamless link there, Anita, so thank you. We're trying to encourage people in prayer, people who are listening, and it is a bit of a, of a cliche to say that. You know, a tagline for, for many talks I heard growing up was, you know, you're to read your Bible, you're to pray more, but actually that that's right, and we still don't seem to value it, no matter, you know, we, we still struggle, and it is an ongoing challenge to, to keep this at the forefront of our minds, but we struggle to engage, we struggle to, to persevere. What would you say to people who are listening to encourage them to keep them going? I would say be creative. I think God has made us all as unique individuals and doesn't expect us all to pray in the same way. So maybe for you, you love structure and so you can set that time or that place or even just some of the things Anita said if you're driving around and you pass a school using Mm. those moments as well. Maybe for some of us, we are arty and creative so it's about writing those prayers out or painting them or diddling them. Um, You know, what you want to see your schools in your local area look like and actually praying into some of that to use that to inspire you. When you are spending times with God and you've got scripture, praying that out as well can be incredibly important and incredibly powerful. If you sing and, you know, play a guitar, use that and um, do it that way. There's loads of different not ways. Not if you're driving and driving past yeah, the yeah, 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 not that. Safety first. Yes. Safety first. Or maybe I know we've done some things in schools, but I don't see why you can't do it in churches and praying for setting up prayer stations mm. and doing different creative things that actually involve all of our senses and active to do that as well. I think one of the things for me is about doing it in community, doing it with others. So there's almost that accountability, but spurring on and encouragement. I think there are times where I've sat in churches and um, maybe in midweeks or, or prayer meetings or with other individuals or even with some young people in SU and you're just inspired as they speak out their prayers that, that just clicks something in you and mm. something in you to, to keep on praying um, as well. So do it in community. Or maybe something I've learned from the Brashian Prayer Group is they um, journal so they'll write things down. So I can remember sitting one time and they, they were talking about somebody they prayed for 10 years ago and actually they'd seen an answer. But I think that encourages us when you say actually okay we prayed for this and here's the answer and maybe recording some of that as well encourages you to keep going because you're you're keeping your eyes open your ears open to see and to hear that and also just I think probably at the minute I've just been really inspired by Acts 16 and just where Paul is out and traveling and he's going to certain places and he arrives there and God says no and move on and I think it's about maybe sometimes we give up because we're like we're in the middle and we're like is it a yes or a no and begin to doubt and I think it's continuing to keep at that until we get a definite no from God keep praying as if it's a yes maybe you are in your car now maybe you're driving along maybe you've just passed a school feel free to pray or maybe after this podcast you need to, to pause and you need to take some time to pray but thank you for sharing and we do hope that this is an encouragement for people listening we all know prayer is important but we need to keep it in the forefront of our minds so thank you so much let's go now to Joel Hutchinson E3 worker for Anderman Lisburn and hear his Bible reflection On each of the three occasions that we read of Mary of Bethany, we find her at Jesus' feet. It's a really helpful Easter devotional. In Luke 10, we first meet Mary. Her sister Martha is busy hosting Jesus and his disciples, and she is frustrated with Mary because she is not helping. Mary is focused upon what Jesus had to say, sitting at his feet, listening to the teacher. Jesus affirms Mary's posture. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Luke 10, 42. What does it look like for us to stop in all the busyness of life and to simply listen to the teacher? How do we prioritise space and time in our schedules to sit at the feet of Jesus? In John 11, when Jesus finally arrived, Mary comes and falls at his feet. In heartache, she cries, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus wept with her. 
Jesus calls Mary and the others to grow in their trust of him and their understanding of who he is. Didn't I tell you that if you believe you would see God's glory? John eleven forty. Then he calls forth Lazarus from the tomb. Jesus is Lord. How can we grow in our trust of Jesus as our Lord? Are there times that we limit Jesus in our own lives? He calls us to believe so that we would see God's glory. Finally, in John 12, bringing her expensive perfume, Mary kneels at the feet of Jesus and anoints his feet and wipes them with her hair. She didn't care what the others present thought. Jesus challenged Judas's angry response at this waste of money. He said, she did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me, John 12, 7. Mary sacrificially displays a sincere, devotional, public love for her Saviour. How can we sacrificially show our love for our Saviour? Are we hindered by our concern of what others might think or say? The legend that is Jonathan Parks has joined us this month, so let's head over and see what he has to say. So we're here with Mr. Eshu himself. Uh, he's been part of the furniture for quite some time. It's Jonathan Parks, or as he's known to his friends, JP. JP, what was your first role and when did you start? Because I've just said there that you've been part of the furniture. Um, so do you want to give us a bit of context yeah. to that? Well, way back in 1998, after my A-levels. Um, the 90s? I, 90s, yeah. The resource centre manager at the time was part of our, our congregation in church and was looking for somebody to help him do Summer Madness. And I thought, free ticket to Summer Madness sounded good and I had no plans for the summer. So I started off with SU with that and that ended up me working for the next four, five years in the resource centre on a part-time basis while I was at university. What were you studying? I was at Stranmillis, so I was doing education, primary education. What are you doing now? This is your staff story, so a chance to say kind of how you got there and stuff, but what are you doing now? I'm sure it looks slightly different. Yeah. Now my focus is with volunteers, Commission volunteers, where we're looking at you know, getting them applying for the summer teams, so stuff like Access and I and insurance for summer teams, GDPR stuff, so um, it's a lot more of that admin side of things. Than I'm pretty sure I heard the listeners as soon as you said GDPR, they're like, oh, <laughs> GDPR. You've kind of worked your way up the, the, the building, right. 157 Alderbridge Road. <laughs> how do you get from being the resource centre kind of helping you through uni and stuff to doing what you do. What was the journey that got you there? As I graduated from Stradmillis, I finished um, with SU and I still remember the day that the new GD at the time, Helen Warnock, came in to see the staff um, back then. I was told to look after the resource centre because I would never need to really meet Helen because I was about to leave and would never be working with her. But come... Four years later, I actually got the job as her PA, um, <laughs> and so ended up being Helen's PA uh, for se- for seven years, which was great. Was able to, I was able to see part of the organisation that probably a lot of, a lot of people see, um, and, and see how council works and exco works and international works. That was that had, had been had been the case, and then they had decided about four years ago that there was sort of changing slightly um, the council missions department and needed somebody with sort of the admin background to be able to, to go up there as the Increasing amount of admin that was needed to run our teams, and um, so then I was I decided to go up to the camp missions department. Then. Yeah, very good. So, how long in total have you been with SU? With, Do quick maths for us. I know. Uh, well, nearly twenty years. There's a gap in between. There was a yeah, there was a few years, the missing years, but on the whole, yeah, from from June ninety eight. 
June 98. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have seen a lot. I'm sure you've got a few stories to tell, some maybe that couldn't be shared on the podcast. But what have you noticed from ministry as you see kind of SU and how we've worked and even just the ministry context of Northern Ireland? I think we've got, always got a lot bigger staff-wise over, over that time. Yeah, the, the work and the areas that, that, that probably we have been in. I love the fact, too, with SU, it's never, we're never satisfied. We're always, we're always looking for better and striving for better. And so I think that a lot of the things over those years I've seen is it's just sort of sorting that out and um, particularly E3 districts there was only when I started there was only a couple and now, now, now there's eight and that, that stuff we're working in skills and, and I think now it's becoming lots of issues that we're dealing with maybe there wasn't the same type of issues as there was mm. back then but as we see what young people some young people are having to deal with out there we are looking at how, how do we tackle that and how do we help and support that so yeah I just think with more people there with more people here it's really good that we're able to delve into that and, and, and be able to to find you know, our way through that. How do you think that information, so obviously uh, as an organisation we have grown, but you've mentioned about kind of some of the, the issues there. How do you think the, that information and what the, the changes that you've seen, how do you think that could help local churches as they, well, we're hoping are listening? I think we'll be there as, 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 a, as a support for local churches. Yeah. There's things out that we, we are looking at, um, topics and issues which their young people are looking at yeah. and so I think even to come back as a support with them and to realise that you know we have dealt with some of those things or dealing with some of those things and, and, and we are we can help and, and lend a hand with that because some of the topics are, are, are massive and some things that we will probably be wrestling with for a long time yeah. but really I realise that they're, they're, they're not alone and to you know, start those conversations and, and those talks uh, to see what we have gone through and, and, and try to use that as, as some sort of help for them brilliant appreciate that how can people be praying for you probably in a real practical level this is the crazy time as far as uh, summer volunteers so it's just that we've got 43 camps happening over the summer and it's all the practical stuff that needs to be done before then long gone are the days where you can just turn up to to a camp or mission and and, and help out and there's months of references access and i insurance and so now all that practical stuff gets done now and they're not just forms for the sake of forms we we want to we want to honor children and young people because I think a lot of people maybe hear that and think, "What's well, very, very admin heavy, isn't it?" You know, is that are we just is that how we've grown? We just kind of add more admin on, and that's how we've got the extra staff. But it's actually we want to yeah. honour children and young people. And as you said, there's some sensitivities, there's some issues in amongst that. So yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. So that that's probably the the, the, the big thing at, at, at the minute. Um, takes yeah a lot of hours to get, get to get that sorted so that for the summer the teams can go and do what they what they do best um, and with all that red tape sort of um, sorted and all, all, all ready to go. Pretty good. Wasn't too bad, was it? Not too bad. (laughs) Well, JP, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks. If you enjoyed listening, please tell others and perhaps even think of someone who you could share it with. Feel free to subscribe and give us a review. Hopefully you've seen on our social media, which our handle is at SUNI Info uh, on Twitter and at SUNI Info on Instagram, or Scripture Union Northern Ireland on Facebook, that we're running Rampage. Uh, I mentioned this in last month's podcast. It's a 10k 60 plus obstacle course Uh, there's a team of us doing it we're braving the elements to try and raise some funds for SU so if you'd like to read more on that or if you're happy to donate anything and I mean anything one pound two pound honestly if we have uh, many giving little it would mean a lot and it would raise a lot so uh, please consider and go to www.suni.co.uk forward slash rampage 
We appreciate you taking the time to listen uh, and we hope this is a resource for you and your church. We want to work with churches to resource children's and youth ministry across the country. Uh, and anyway, you think that we could do this better, uh, just email me, phil at suni.co.uk with any ideas you may have for the podcast that would be helpful. Until next time, God bless.